Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Any good stories from the road? I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Jake Rowe live from Jacksonville after number one Georgia's 42-20 win over the Gators. Jake, it was an up-and-down game, but it was a rivalry game nonetheless, as we are accustomed to seeing down there in the cocktail party. Florida made it interesting for the dogs, but Georgia still comes out with a dominant win. Yeah, uh, fast start, fast ending, uh, ugly third quarter. And I think that's kind of what you got to point to there. If you look at the kind of the nine quarters where Georgia played uh, Kent State and Missouri in that third quarter against Florida, where Georgia's had to play kind of its most competitive football this year, what's the common theme? Eight turnovers against – I mean, you know, eight turnovers for you, zero for them. And that's – you look no further than that. I think if you're going to turn it over just over and over like that, I mean, it was, you know, a lot of different guys to blame and and a lot of weird things that happened. It was a weird game. But, uh, you know, Georgia did uh, weather the storm there in the third quarter, got two more touchdowns, um, you know, one out of Dejon Edwards and uh, another one out of Dejon Edwards, who is just an absolute stud uh, and is playing really well right now, over 100 yards, first 100-yard game for Georgia this season, and Georgia put it away. Honey, Dejon. Uh, a lot of fans coming in, go dogs, go dogs, go dogs across the board. Uh, Kirby Smarts uh, told CBS immediately after the game that the win 
went to Coach Dooley, of course, Jacksonville, a very special place for Vince Dooley, uh, dominated the Gators in his career, and of course his final game as Georgia's head coach also in Jacksonville in the Gator Bowl. Uh, so an emotional game uh, for Georgia with everything going on off the field. On the field, Jake, Georgia comes out of this one with a lot of injuries. Uh, let, let's see, Darius Smith comes to mind, Nolan Smith, of course, uh, Xavier Truss, Marius Mims, the list goes on. Uh, what jumps off the page to you the most as far as Georgia's injury concerns go? Well, really interesting to see what Kirby Smart's going to say on Nolan Smith. I shared my thoughts on that one at halftime. I had felt precautionary just by the way things were handled down on the sideline. I could be wrong on that, uh, but but I think Kirby will tell us something here pretty soon. Uh, Nolan remained out there. I remained involved. Didn't have a sling or anything, so I think that's good news. Marius Mims' injury looked bad. Um, I hope it's not a super serious one. I hope it's one of those that look better than it was or worse than it was, but it looked kind of rough. And, uh, you know, that's that's a little bit of a loss there to see because, you know, Georgia's got two really good tackles, but, you know, it's you like to have three. You really do like to have three, and Amarius Mills was number three. I can't see much of any way he's going to be able to, you know, get ready and play next week based on how much pain he was in down there. Xavier Trust is a toe issue. They said he could have came back. Um, you know, Devin Willick I thought filled in and did a really nice job there. Uh, and, uh, you know, then you talk about Darius Smith, you know, that's a guy special teamer. Um, you know, I don't know what the nature of that injury was, um, but again, it's to a reserve. But I think the big one right now is Nolan Smith. That's the one that you're kind of kind of crossing your fingers on if you're a Georgia fan. And, and again, didn't look super, you know, concerning. Um, you know, obviously it's concerning a little bit when he doesn't go back in the game, but it wasn't one of those situations where I would say, uh, okay, this guy looked like he was in a lot of pain or he was very uncomfortable. He, he looked at ease. Good news and bad news in this game. I'd say the uh, good news is Brock Bowers decided to show up, get off the bus, and just had a touchdown fall in his lap. Bad news is Georgia's touch uh, turnovers, rather, and Stetson Bennett's up-and-down performance. When you look yeah. at the stat sheet, 50% completions today – can't have that. You got to do better than that. 316 yards passing. That's good. Two touchdowns. That's good. Two picks. That's bad. One of the picks kind of a freak deal uh, with Dominic Blaylock there on the sideline, but one of them just a bad throw to uh, to Edwards. So what do you make of uh, Stetson's performance? It's kind of been like this throughout the season, but uh, but today was really a mixed bag. Yeah, got really good teams and I'm not really even just talking about the interceptions I'm talking about kind of the throws behind guys over the middle um you know lucky a couple of those maybe those didn't get picked off you know so maybe that's kind of where the the fluke interception comes in but um you know some inaccurate throws over the middle some really good ones like that's that's the crazy part is like I think you know the throw to Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint for 19 yards there um I believe that was in the third quarter uh, when uh, when Georgia was was you know on that touchdown drive to make it 35-20, great throw, great throw to Bowers to get the first touchdown drive started. Um, several other really good ones, but a couple that weren't caught. Um, you know Georgia had three drops, um, but also just some bad ones. You know, and he had some throwaways and, and things of that nature. And I, I mean, I don't think it. You know, the completion percentage is completely uh, a story of hey Stetson Bennett's not accurate. I think he you know can be accurate at times, and he showed that. But he can also be inaccurate. And Georgia's just going to need more consistent play like that because you, know, you look at it, and yeah, his receivers dropped three balls for him. They also helped him um, on some on some balls. And then you look and you know you say, well, he made some bad throws. He made some great ones. So um, Georgia's going to need more of the great than the bad, a lot more um, against Tennessee next week. 
Chris Pugh says we got to find a way to get Arian Smith into the game plan. They did get him uh, on one of those pass interference calls late in the game. They were going mm-hmm. for him, but it almost feels like that's part of Georgia's game plan, uh, the the free play. Uh, yeah. We saw it happen in the national championship with Pickens on a couple late throws, and then tonight you get the free play, get Brenton Cox to jump off sides, and you hit that really nice throw, like you mentioned, to Brock Bowers, and then they do it again with Arian Smith. But to your point about the, the drops and Mean Mug and Mutt points it out here, too many turnovers today, obviously. That's a huge surprise for Georgia for me this season that I don't think people predicted to be part of the pie when you look at all the ingredients in this team. Having Georgia turn the ball over more was definitely not something I predicted. It's not something you would predict anyway, but uh, it's not good nonetheless. And, and then when you look at drops like Ladd had and uh, like Darnell had a couple of them too, there were throws where Stetson was on the money and that's such a, a rhythm thing. You know, you got to continue to hammer and be consistent in your passing game. And that's what's hamstringing Georgia right now, at least with my eyes anyway. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, that's, uh, it, it was like they kind of came up at different moments. I mean, the Darnell one didn't hurt Georgia as much, the drop, uh, but the the McConkey one kind of ended up having to make Georgia go for it on fourth down. And, um, you know, the turnovers are something that they pop up in in bunches. You know, there's, you know, like I said, nine quarters, eight turnovers against Mississippi, against um, Kent State, Missouri, and and now Florida. And that's the weirdest football that Georgia has experienced, the most competitive football that Georgia has experienced all year is when it has given the other team um, advantages. Now, the good thing is, is they've shown the ability to win football games and and be really good and 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 be good enough when they're not playing their best and when they do give up those mistakes. But those are things that, you know, you you're probably not going to get away with. And uh, you just wonder if they can kind of keep it at bay um, for four quarters against a team like Tennessee or, or even, you know, SEC championship game down the road or Kentucky or even Mississippi State. Last thing before we wrap up, Jake, you got to get back to work in the press box there at TIAA Bank Stadium or Field or whatever they're calling it now. Uh, like you said, you got to put this behind you before you get to Tennessee, obviously. And I think Georgia's shown the ability to hit the reset button, uh, hit the refresh button, and move on. I think just silver lining, if you're a Georgia fan looking at this, saying there's no way Tennessee – uh, is going to go into Athens and lose if Georgia plays this way. I agree. I think the flip side of that, though, maybe is maybe it helps Georgia that you come out of this bye week and play a team like Florida that isn't the best remaining team on your schedule. You kind of get an opportunity to exercise those demons and get challenged in the process and learn some lessons on defense. Yeah, and then and I'll say this too. I mean, I think another thing that's going to help this team is coming up and getting to a fast start again. They're kind of making it a habit after those two games where they didn't get off to a fast start. But a quick stat here for you, Wes, and this kind of blows me away. Georgia's now turned the ball over nine times uh, on the year. And uh, um, and how many turnovers does Georgia eight, have? And eight, nine times all year long, and Georgia has turned it over eight times yeah. against Florida, Kent State, and Missouri. Yeah, so, tough. you know, that's – you know you look, and then you look at the other games and the average – your margin of victory, I mean, you're well, uh, you know, you're well over 30 points, 35 points um, in the other games where they've only turned it over one time, and that was once against Auburn. Yeah, I mean, spin zone here, you know, you can say, well, that's bad. Obviously, it's bad if you do it against really good teams, 
or you can say, look, they've turned it over that much and they're still 8-0, still number one in the country, still uh, beating rivals by 22 points. Appreciate it, Jake. We'll do this again uh, tomorrow night, Sunday night, like we always do with our final thoughts. And uh, I'll let you get back to it, man. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Safe travels back to Georgia. Uh, thank you all for watching the Georgia show on Dogs HQ. We will wrap it up here. Go ahead and hit subscribe on our YouTube channel if you don't already, or if you're listening to a replay on your podcast platform of choice, follow along there too. Apple, Spotify, we got it all. Leave us a review. Leave us a kind review with your words and your five-star rating as well. That really helps us as we continue to grow. You guys uh, are a huge, huge part of that in the comments and by telling friends about us too. Uh, glad to see Georgia get back into the swing of things after that bye week break. Good to see some ball again. You know what's next. It's Tennessee. Stick with Dogs HQ and our $1 promo for one year of premium content and all of the other content right here on Dogs HQ's YouTube channel. Like I told Jake, y'all can join us too. Sunday nights, every week, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We'll do it live then as well with a full slate of SEC games in our rear view and a little bit more context from the Dogs game as well. Thanks for following. Thanks for watching. It's always fun, and it's great to be a Georgia Bulldog when you beat the Gators in Jacksonville. Y'all have a great weekend. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-420-47 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.